Hello, Bible Love listeners. Um, so glad you're here with Alan and I today. Um, we thought we would start with a prayer from um, the ministry with the sick. And this is a prayer for those who are sick and those who minister to them. Gracious God, source of life and health, Jesus came to our disordered world to make your people whole. Send your spirit on those who are sick and all who minister to them, that when the sick enter your peace, they may offer thanks to your great name through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Hey, Mary Balfour, guess what? What? We have been doing this for a year. What? A whole year? I look back, you know, as we were talking, um, our very first introductions where we introduced ourselves and talked about this whole project was October 1st, 2020. And so, yeah, this is... Our last episode in that first year and next year, we're bas- or next week, we're basically starting year number two. Wow. So I can't believe that, A. B, like, there's a, I have lots of thoughts about this. But the first one is, I, when people ask me what one of my favorite things about min- my ministry is, this is at the top of the list for so many reasons. One, um, I have, this will totally embarrass Alan, but I have one of the best friends I've ever had because of this year of being with Alan every week. Um, and that relationship is one that I cherish and love so much. And so, A, God brought us together through the Bible love, and I'm grateful for that. But also the way that we have been able to dig in into scripture in a way that I honestly have never done before. Um, so slowly, so intentional, and then being able to bring in all these great friends that we have and introduce them to each other. Um, some that you knew and I didn't know before, some I knew and you didn't know before. I mean, what a gift and a blessing. And then I, I really hope a lot of people are listening to it and their lives have been enriched. What do you, what is the posture been for you? Yeah. So first off, I'm, really amazed that we've only made it through five books of the Bible in a year. (laughs) So like maybe I'm just a slow reader. I don't know. Uh, But, but the way we've gone about this. So if you've been with us from the beginning, you know that we started out with the path, which I don't have a copy right here, but the path is this kind of condensed version of scripture and it goes really, it jumps really quick. And if we were doing the path, we would have been done with the Bible like six months ago. Um, but kind of after the first couple of weeks, we decided we can't fit a discussion of all of this into our 20, 25 minutes. And so we started just a piecemeal going through a couple chapters at a time. Some weeks we get through a chapter of a book of the Bible. Other weeks we take a bigger chunk, just depending on what we, we think we can cover. And so um, if you've been along for the whole time, you've seen that progression. You've also seen us go from every other week to weekly, which if we were still doing every other week, like maybe we'd be 
halfway through Exodus or something right, right now. Um, but it does, right? So the Pentateuch, the what we just finished, I mean, that's the first part of Scripture. Like, Scripture's broken down into some sections and all of this. And so it's kind of poetic to me that, that we finish that in the first year. Now, hopefully, it doesn't take us another year to get through, like, the historical books. Maybe we can, like, race. It might, it might, right? And so in like six years, we'll get to the Gospels or something. That's okay. Yeah, Um, we're up for. Yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking of is this would be a really great week if I had the technical expertise or the time. We could be like a 1980s sitcom and have our flashback episode. Oh. And so I could, I could say something like, Mary Balfour, you remember that time? Yeah. And then we play the clip. We're not going to do that because I don't have the time or the talent for that. But that's what it makes me think of is like, so what are some of your favorite? We're not going to pull the audio for this, but what are things over the past year that stick out to you? There's a lot. There's a whole lot. Um, sometimes some of my favorite episodes are when it's just you and I, and there's a magic there. Um, I think we're really good for each other. And as one um, person wrote um, in one of our uh, reviews on Apple, on the Apple podcast, they were like, God has brought these two together. And I think that's very true um, in not just the podcast, but in life. Um, So some of my favorite episodes are, when you were in your kitchen and I was in my kitchen, like big time COVID, nobody could get out. And I would feel so nervous about what are we going to say? And we always found things to say. We always found God's love. Um, we always seem to make it work. And, and, and I don't think that's because you and I are coming to the table, like super prepared. I mean, we are prepared, but there's like this, something happens and God is with us. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, another huge highlight for me, of course, would be when I finally convinced my dad, um, to be on the podcast. That's something I really, really wanted. And I think when we started, um, asking, to do sort of an overview of some of the books and being able to bring in Alexis Carter Thomas, um, Tony Hopkins, David Barr, all those folks. Um, that just gave me such a like better understanding about what we were about to walk into. And then adding that just scripture in general, you know, getting to have Bishop Cole and we've got some awesome people coming up too. And how willing people are to do this with us. Like, I mean, we're not writing them a check. We're just asking them to join us. Um, I loved hearing some of the women's voices of Allison and Katie, um, Kelly Wilson, Sarah Audrey Graves. I mean, just awesome people that I love and cherish. I met one of my dearest friends now through you, Greg Milliken, um, who I'm actually going to visit next week, all because of the Bible Love podcast, right? So it's too many to count. What about you? Yeah, um, a lot of that as well. The fact that you come on and maybe people are just being nice, but at the end of the conversation, you know, we have to let the computer work its magic for a little bit. And so we chit chat. It's not like we just hang up and go about our day. And almost to a person, everyone talks about how much fun it is, how much fun they had just talking, you know, cause we've had a lot of priests and hopefully we'll 
start getting some lay folk. That's a goal I have for this next year. Um, and Mary Balfour and I have talked about that. But priests don't always just get to talk about the Bible, about what it means to them, about how it's impacted them, about how they engage with it. Because we too often are just studying it academically or studying it for work. And so I've appreciated being able to just read the Bible, right? Read hard parts of Leviticus, not because I have to preach a sermon, but because I'm going to wrestle on air with hard parts of Scripture. And we have someone like Greg who can, you know, as a 41-year-old guy, Greg can teach me something about Scripture and help me see something new. Or Alexis, right? Like she taught me. Dr. Tony has taught me. And there's not a lot of times in my life still that, Someone else is teaching me about the Bible. It's a lot of self-study and all that. So I love that part. Um, I will. I won't put you on the spot, but I'm pretty sure we'll agree that our least favorite episode was, of course, with Jimmy Hartley. I mean, that was just. <laughs> I do not agree. It was awesome. I love Jimmy. Only you think that. <laughs> okay. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Um, it's coming. Yeah, and I love that we've had somewhat of a community built. I mean, we get some emails from folks or people leave comments or I know people talk to me offline about it. And I love that, that we're creating people who are hopefully working their way through scripture, whether or not you read, you know, every verse of whatever we're reading, keeping up with us, but we're at least talking thematically through the whole Bible and to have people doing that together has been awesome. Yeah, don't you think it's interesting, like, when I look at, like, the Episcopal podcasts that are out there, and this is not, like, shaming anyone else, but it's, it, they're, they're, you know, about politics, they're about liturgics, they're about music, they're about evangelism, and those things are really, really important. And I'm glad we have those podcasts, but I don't know of another one that is doing this just like deep dive into the Bible the way that we are. And I think sometimes Episcopalians, and this is by, we hope the podcast is listened to by a lot more people than just Episcopalians. But I think sometimes we don't do this kind of work, like this just deep dive work. And I know that a lot of priests don't because we are just looking at the lectionary and trying to figure out what we're going to say. And so... I definitely can say that my relationship with God has grown deeper in the last year because of doing this. And I'm totally okay with it being slow. I'm totally okay with doing this podcast for the next 20 years if we have to, um, because I am learning and growing and my relationship with God is deepening. And I sure hope somebody else's is too, you know? Yeah. And I think about that, you know, like, you're in South Carolina, I'm in Texas, and it's like church land, right? There's a ton of churches, evangelical, non-denominational, mainline, all of it. And so people, the Episcopal Church, and this is broad generalizations, and I'm going to get in trouble with somebody, I'm sure. The Episcopal Church doesn't at least have the reputation of having the same engagement with Scripture um, that like non-denominational or Baptist or others. And there, like I drive down the street and I see signs outside of churches that say, you know, a six week study on Mark or a seven week study. A pastor here recently did a study on Revelations and he walked, uh, Matt Chandler, I'll link to it. It's pretty fascinating. He walked through Revelation. Like when we get to Revelation and like after we're retired and we have time for that, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard because that's not something that Episcopalians wrestle with. But then I look at the lectionary. 
these last five weeks in the lectionary, are there any Episcopal churches that studied the book of James? Yeah. Right. Or do priests too often fall into preaching in the gospel, which is awesome. And I think we should preach the gospel. But are there opportunities that we, the lectionary sets it up sometimes that we work through a letter or we work through a gospel. And so what are other opportunities? Then you get into the debate of is the sermon for, for like this in-depth teaching in our tradition, or is it more for exhortation and encouragement and other forums are better for the deep dive teaching? I don't know, but that's why I'm glad we have this so that we can. I mean, we're doing a series of sermon series on scripture, basically, where we're working our way through. And hopefully folks who have been listening have a better understanding of the story of Genesis, of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And through that, have a better understanding of the Pentateuch, the story of that, and eventually how it all flows together into the whole story of scripture. Yeah. I mean, I hope all those people have a better understanding, but... I have a better understanding from this. And that's no slight to anyone that has been my professor or taught me or even my Sunday school teachers. Um, But I think you're right. Like we do focus. In fact, I've been preaching on James um, and have not touched the gospel and will probably continue to do that just to push myself a little bit more. And, you know, People know the gospel stories pretty well, right? And it's not that we can't learn from them and do more with them, but it's fascinating to try to push ourselves as preachers and as listeners sort of into a different space. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say it's a preaching series, but I have intentionally tried to preach on James for the last four weeks um, and will continue to this week and hopefully next. Um, and it's been challenging for me and it's been new and um hard and that's a good thing i think sometimes um for sure so i think listeners what i would want you to hear from what we're saying today is um this is a joy and a gift and not just because we are hopefully providing something for you but because we're learning and we're growing and isn't that always the point? Isn't that what we always want is a deeper relationship with each other and with God. And I hope that there's a community that is out there and this is a shameless plug, but I hope you'll share it with others because all we want is for more people to know and love God. That's all we want. And we want them to know the stories of God and we don't want to shy away from the ones that feel uncomfortable. That's a personal thing that Alan and I have committed to. Um, is that we want to talk through every part of the Bible, even when it's something that's really difficult and hard. So yay to a year. Happy anniversary, Alan. Yes, it's great. We've made it through. (laughs) Yeah, there's very few spiritual practices in my life that I continue for a year. Um, So this has been one of them. And I think it's it's helped. So I joked that I was a better Christian before I went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's partly a joke, but before <laughs> seminary, Probably. it was, it was more personal devotion and personal spirituality. And in seminary, it was so I could pass. Mm-hmm. And then after seminary, it's so I could do my job. Right. And so this has helped bring me back to, I mean, this is a job and like, we're doing this for people, but like reading through scripture, kind of verse by verse, chapter by chapter, it's become more of a personal practice of mine which is more like what it was before seminary. And frankly, it's more like what it was before I became Episcopalian, but that's another story. 
Well, I thank you for like answering the phone that day when I was like, I have this idea. Do you want to do it with me? Thanks for saying yes. And, um, I really, there's no one else I want to do this with. So I'm grateful for you, Alan. And we have a big treat next week. Um, do you want to talk about it or do you want me to go ahead? Well, she is my Dean. So we have had a lot of Virginia theological seminarians on this podcast and they have all been wonderful, but I really wanted to ask um, the Dean of the seminary of the Southwest where I attended in Austin to join us. um, Dean Cynthia Bridge Kittredge, who is an amazing person is one of was ordained very early as one of the first women um, in the early eighties is brilliant in every way that I know to explain. And she is going to give us the overview of Joshua. So I'm excited about that. And I think you'll just love Cynthia and um, I'm excited to share her voice on the podcast. So she'll be with us next week. And that'll be great. Yeah, and I, I got to meet her a couple times when I was in the Diocese of Texas. You know, you cross paths with folks, and I've loved every one of those, just her presence, her personality, and I look forward to seeing what she has to tell us about Scripture. But before we do that, you texted me yesterday about an experience you had. And, you know, we're a year into this podcast. We're like 18 months into kind of the genesis of this podcast, which is the pandemic. And even 18 months later, we're still able to have the experiences that remind us about the faithfulness of medical workers, about the tragedy of what this health crisis is. Why don't you share with us a little bit your experience yesterday? Yeah, Um, thanks for that invitation. Um, uh, Alan asked me if I wanted to talk about this, and I was like, you know, I think this would be a good place to process this out. So um, a member of my parish um, is very, very ill um, she, um, had COVID and had some underlying issues. Um, and I finally had the opportunity to go and see her yesterday at the hospital. And I was on the COVID floor, um, which is not something I ever thought I would do or experience. Um, and I told Alan a little bit of my heart broke yesterday. Um, and it was an experience that I will remember as for a long, long time. Um, not only did I get to see my parishioner, but I got to step into the COVID floor. I didn't go in any room, um, anything like that, but there were so many people there with COVID positive outside their door. You can look in the windows, all of them on ventilators. So sick. So, so, so sick. Um, and there was a nurse's station there. And while I was all geared up with all the um, things that you have to wear, I went over to the nurse's station and I just said, I don't know when I'll ever have an opportunity to um, be on a COVID floor again. I just want to thank you for what you're doing. And I had tears in my eyes because I said, you know, as a pastor, this is heartbreaking for me. I, I can't imagine how that must feel for you every day. Um, and it's one of the reasons that we wanted to start with this prayer. Um, I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to have a stance one way or another. I just want you all to know um, 
that that is an experience I won't forget for a long, long time. Um, I encourage people to get vaccinated if they can. I think that's very, very important. This is a terrible virus and a lot of people are dying from it. And I think the thing that I would want to take away more than anything and share with you more than anything is please pray for these people. Just pray for the nurses and the doctors and the family members. Um, I think for the last year, you know, we've just COVID's been in our brain, right? It's not something we see with our eyes every day. Um, and for me, that I saw it with my eyes yesterday. I saw what's happening. Um, not that I haven't thought about it, not that I haven't prayed about it, not that I haven't loved people through family members that have had it. But I got a firsthand look at that yesterday, and um, I felt very compelled to text my dear friend Alan and say, help me pray for these people. Help me process this experience. Um, and so then today, Alan was like, what do you think about sharing it on the podcast? And I wanted to, because it was amazing um, in the fact that I had a chance to say thank you, but also that I got a chance to see firsthand how um, people are suffering in a way I've never experienced before. So that's my story. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's good for us to hear, particularly those of us in helping lead congregations because the debates about masks and seating and, and all of it, like they're real conversations to have. And I don't want us to have those conversations and forget that we're doing this because people are sick, because nurses and doctors and healthcare workers are tired. And so we can have conversations and we can argue and have disagreements about policies and procedures and all of this, but we're not just doing that for the hell of it. Mm. We're not just doing that to be mean or to try to take away rights or to try to push agendas. We're doing it because people are sick and people are tired. And I think that's a good reminder that we don't all get to see every day. And you were yesterday and the way that that moved you and the way that that broke your heart, but also encouraged you in your prayer life, I think it's important for us to remember as we have all these other conversations, which can sometimes turn into knucklehead conversations. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that until I was one that was like, I'm not sure, I don't know. I mean, we wear masks in our services because it's honestly the only way I can protect people and can protect our children who can't be vaccinated but until I saw that yesterday, I'll never have a worry again about what I'm doing and asking people to wear a mask. I'll never worry again about walking into a store and wearing a mask and wondering what people are thinking. I'm doing it because I love all of God's people and I want them to be safe and secure and not be in the position of all those sweet people that were in that hospital yesterday. Um, no matter the reason they're there, they're there because they have COVID and I, my heart breaks for them and the families and the nurses and the people that can't have the surgeries they need to have because the hospitals are overflowing and all of those things. So listeners, I think that, um, Alan and I felt like it was important to share this again, not to be political, but to be good neighbors, to love our brothers and sisters in the best way that we can. And for me to experience that yesterday, a personal experience with it, 
I'm not worried about what anyone says anymore. I just want to protect God's people and I don't want anyone else to be in that position. So that's where we Thank are. You. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And so as we wrap up, there are big happenings this weekend in the Episcopal Diocese of Upper South Carolina. Your diocese, Mary Balfour, my most recent diocese, is electing a new bishop. And so before you sign us off, as you do every week, which is one of my favorite parts of the week, I wanted to pray uh, the prayer for y'all's bishop search, our bishop search, bishop search as a church universal, but particularly for that person who will help lead and shepherd those 60 congregations in the upper part of the state. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom we give thanks for weaving together this mystical body we call the church. Grant that we, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, may discern with clear and open minds the person you are calling to be the ninth bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Upper South Carolina. Bless, enable, and endow this person with the ability to continue to knit us together so that we may ultimately see the beauty and strength in the many fibers which make us one. All this we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Alan, I wish I had a champagne glass and you had a champagne glass. And we could be like Hoda and Kathy Lee and cheers to our one-year anniversary. Thank you, dear friend, for doing this with me every week. It is our favorite thing, and we love it, and we love you listeners. And as always, remember, we love you, but most importantly, God does.